0: Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Right now, contract negotiations going on between the city of Hamilton and local transit union. Uh, A lot of frustrated people uh, with the transit union right now. They've been without a contract for quite some time. Uh, your union is actually urging bus drivers to reject the city contract, and I want to bring Ian Tuck into the conversation. Uh, Eric Tuck, I'm sorry. Uh, Eric is the uh, the president of the ATO uh, Local 107, uh, who's been in charge for the last number of years and the last few contract negotiations as well. Eric, thank you so much for the time. Glad you could join us today. Good morning, Bill. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having us. Why has this not been on the radar? Transit is so important uh, to this city. Uh, just ask any city councilor; They're sure talking to talk about this. You guys haven't had a contract for months now.
1: Yes, it's uh, it's going on a year now. It'll be a year in December. Uh, Bill, we've tried to be responsible in this round of negotiations. Uh, normally, as you know, we run a campaign going up into negotiations. We're very public and very vocal. Um Ridership has been on the rise, and transit has been a major economic driver in this city. Uh, We didn't want to do anything that was going to disrupt that or drive passengers away to think that there might be a strike. Anytime you start talking about strike or job action, uh, it does have an effect on your ridership. That's not something we wanted to instigate. Uh, we got some major stumbling blocks we've been trying to overcome. Uh, We've been working for the last 10 months trying to get there, uh, come up with creative solutions. And every uh, every road we've turned down, we've hit a roadblock. So, unfortunately, we are at this point uh, where we have to push that trigger to say, look, we need to get this done.
0: You know... Anytime you've had to negotiate a contract in the past, and you and I have talked at length about some of these things, uh, th- there's no rhetoric. I mean, I'm looking at what's going on right now with the teachers' negotiations on a provincial basis, and, and you're getting some rhetoric from the, the ministry. You're getting rhetoric back from the unions themselves and back and forth, and you, you wonder if these guys are ever going to settle. Uh, you guys have always done this in a very professional manner. You, you, you don't get militant about it. You don't start throwing insults back and forth. Uh, and, and you've come up with some offers, and you've been very flexible, I think, in, in the past about some of these contracts. What What's holding this one up?
1: So, yes, we, we've always been flexible. As I said, we always try to find creative solutions to real problems. Uh, and, and this particular contract, it's uh, it's a problem that's been outstanding for over 120 uh, years with transit operators. As you know, back in 2007, we were on your show many times talking about the issue of bathroom breaks. Yep. This is a major issue. It's It's got serious health effects for our operators. Uh, and it's a problem that has to be solved this round of negotiations. Um, we got, in this set of negotiations, the perfect trifecta, so to speak. Uh, there's three major stumbling blocks. Uh, one is wages. Uh, the other is uh, cuts and concessions to benefits. Uh, and then the working conditions. And, you know, so we got three, three problems that we're trying to resolve and trying to work with them on. Uh, but we just haven't been able to get there for some reason.
0: Well, there's a couple of things to, to talk about here, and, and to fill in some of the blanks on here too. When you talk about working conditions, and 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 the, 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 you're right, the washroom facilities is a key part of this. And anybody that's written on public transit over the last number of years knows that you know, oftentimes the drivers have to stop at a Tim Hortons or something and and run in there. But you know, if there's five people in line, well, you know, you're sitting on the bus waiting and waiting and waiting. Uh, exactly. But, but you know, that's one issue. The other issue that you've talked about, which I'm sure is going to come up at the contract table, and under the guise of, of working conditions, uh, is is violence in the buses themselves. I mean, you've had drivers that have been assaulted. You've had things going on in the buses. Uh, it's it's an, a growing concern, I know, among your drivers.
1: Yes, and that's one of the issues we're trying to resolve by trying to get time at the end of the line, what we call a decompression brake or a washroom break. Uh, so that we're not stopping mid-route, and we don't end up being seven, eight minutes late. This often infuses uh, anger from our passengers. You know, they want to get to work on time. They want to make their connections. They don't want to be sitting in a bus for seven minutes, ten minutes, while somebody goes in to use the bathroom. Uh, And and the driver, quite frankly, it's kind of humiliating to come out and have the passengers angry at you or yelling at you because you've gone in to use the bathroom.
0: I can imagine that. Uh, But it's... (laughs) I I mean, I don't mean to be flippant about it, but when you have to go, you have to go. And, and, uh, you know, and therein lies the problem. Now, I know that the city has tried uh, to address this. I guess there are some end-of-line places where there is some facilities for you, but clearly not enough.
1: Correct. Uh, We're asking for proper facilities at the end of each line so that we're not dependent on uh, private uh, bathrooms at private facilities. Uh, These are specifically for the use of our operators so that we're able, no other employee in this country has to negotiate uh, access to a bathroom, let alone time to get out of their seat, whether it's at a desk or whether it's at a, uh, on an assembly line, time to actually go and use a bathroom. Uh, most, most workers in this country have breaks. They have two 15-minute uh, coffee breaks. They have a, a, a half hour for lunch. Uh, And most employers don't bother them if they get out of the seat and go to the bathroom. Uh, Drivers, uh, as transit operators, every minute of our day is scheduled. And unfortunately, they're not building into those schedules appropriate time for the human necessities. We are human beings driving these buses, and they have to allot the time for that.
0: Eric, walk us through, for the sake of our listeners who maybe are not fully aware of, of the, the work and the responsibilities of, of, well, we'll talk about the drivers first of all. Uh, I mean, oh, you just drive around all day. You, you guys are on such a tight schedule right now that even a two- or three-minute lag in that throws everybody off, and that gets passengers angry and, and just messes up the whole system. Uh, there, there's pressure on these drivers
1: absolutely when you have uh, specific connection uh, points where you have to meet those connection points and if you miss that connection point it may be another 20 minutes for that next bus to come Uh, which in fact puts people who rely on that schedule and the reliability for most uh, transit users is one of the most important issues Uh, they want to know that they're going to get to work and they'll actually go online and and look at the schedules and they will schedule their day to get it to work Uh, specifically on time and they're not building in an extra 20 minutes or a half hour to their schedule so when they are late for work and that happens more than uh, once or twice they get very angry about it And you can't necessarily blame them because they are dependent on that transit system
0: what kind of response are you getting from the city so far
1: well so far to be honest with you we have I think come to some uh, agreement on the access to the washrooms it's the actual scheduling of time um, and this can be done with in two ways, you know, some people will say, well, that's an added cost. Well, it is an added cost if you have to add a bus. But in many of these instances, uh, it's simply a matter of changing the schedules and printing realistic schedules so that when somebody looks and expects that bus to be there at a certain time, it is actually arriving there at, on that time. Uh, and by doing that, uh, the frequency may be a couple of minutes less, uh, so instead of every six minutes, maybe it's seven or eight minutes, or maybe it's fifth, instead of 15 minutes, it's 17 minutes. Uh, but that allows the time at the end of the line for that driver to, A, decompress, because as you know, transit operations, uh, it's a very stressful job. Uh, and part of the uh, problem we're having uh, with attendance and everything else is stress-related uh, illnesses, uh, you know, people get yelled at and, and humiliated in front of their passengers, uh, and they go off for stress leave for a couple of days uh, because they really it really does have an impact on their mental health. Those types of issues have been going on and have becoming more frequent. Uh, and when we talk about the use of bathroom and people holding their bladders. Uh, or bowel movements, there is serious health implications from that. I know as a a 32-year operator, um, I have serious issues with kidney stones. I get one every year in either the left or right kidney. Um, I I have a stretched bladder. I have a weak bladder. Uh, These are all indicative of prolonged sitting. Uh, I've had a heart attack, which is a We've, we've looked at and provided the employer with many, many health studies that show prolonged sitting without getting out of that seat or getting up and standing up every, you know, for five minutes, every hour or so, uh, do have profound effects on your health. And this employer has stood up publicly many times and talked about the problem with attendance. But yet we're giving them solutions and telling them how to address it, and they're not taking them seriously.
0: Well, listen, I've, I've actually, yeah, we've done some research about what you've just mentioned, and I, I know some people might dismiss that and say, come on, really? But we do know from a medical standpoint, if you sit around all day and do nothing, that it has a problem, it, it does have a negative health effect on you. There's circulation problems, there's heart problems, a whole number of things. I mean, we, we have a five-minute newscast every hour here. I get up and walk around the building uh, just because I've been sitting here for an hour. But, I was, but to that point, though, Eric, how, how do the drivers handle that?
1: So so we don't have that luxury of getting up uh, and just uh, walking around for a couple of minutes uh, unless we have time built into the schedule, and that's what we're asking for. Uh, and I don't think that's unreasonable to be asking for it, especially when it has such serious health effects.
0: Well, it is a health uh, and safety issue.
1: Yeah. And then you go to the benefits, and uh, quite frankly, they want to, uh, some c- cuts and concessions in the benefits. Uh, and some of the benefits that they're cutting are actually – Uh, directly related to the health issues that arise from not having uh, the ability to get up and out of the seat. A good example of that, Uh, doctors recommend anybody who goes on long trips on a plane have compression stockings to prevent uh, clotting and that kind of stuff. That's one of the benefits that they're looking to cut. Uh, As operators who sometimes sit for many hours at a time, I can't uh, in good conscience agree to those kinds of concessions. You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML.
0: The preamble here, I mentioned the word "strike," and I know that's not a word you like to throw around, uh, but I, I'm sensing the same frustration that I'm hearing from some other people I've talked to that are actually some of your drivers. Uh, where are you on this? I mean, you know, we, we've looked at the teacher situation here again to use that analogy. Uh, they're at the no board report, which means they they can essentially go on strike as soon as that period of time is ended. Are you are you considering that kind of a move here, Eric?
1: Right. So at this point, we're not there yet. Uh, Neither side or neither party has applied for a no board report. Uh, The employer has tabled a final offer, and with that in mind, we have no choice but to go to the membership uh, and ask for that mandate. Once we have it, that will give us authorization to either file for a no board report uh, and either go on strike or take some kind of job action.
0: Uh, And you, as I understand it, you're recommending that they do turn this offer down.
1: Correct. Uh, Because it is a final offer, we have no choice but to recommend it be turned down, given the uh, concessions they're asking for, the failure to address the working conditions, and the failure to meet the uh, wage uh, demands that every other transit property in the GTHA has been uh, achieving. Uh, I can tell you right now, Brampton, Mississauga, Toronto, GO, uh, are all in the 2% or better uh, range. And currently, uh, we are at, uh, 1.6 is the offer from the employer. So to have all three of those and no movement on either one, uh, is very, uh, difficult, obviously for us to be, get on board and, and, uh, recommend it to our members.
0: Eric, this sounds very much like, I, I don't want to say a strike is inevitable, but it, I'm not even going to say it's probable, but it is possible at this stage.
1: It absolutely is possible. And, uh, you know, after the, uh, meeting we have with our members to bring them up to speed on this. There will be a vote to authorize us to take that action if necessary. Uh, Obviously, it's not somewhere we want to go. I don't think any labor leader wants to go into a strike, um, but it's one of the few bargaining powers that we have, uh, along with other job actions or creative job actions
0: mentioned at the beginning here that uh, that you guys have, have usually been pretty good when it comes to contract negotiations and some flexibility, and you've, you've been able to strike a deal. Uh, I was just trying to think in my, in my memory here. What, when was the last – we had a strike here in the late 1990s. Was that the last one?
1: The last strike we had was 1998. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. actually took our membership out for 10 weeks over Christmas. Yeah, it was so ugly. It was, very, it was a very difficult time and a very tough strike. Uh, I, I was working here during that strike, and I was out walking the picket line. It's not something I ever want to have to go through again, but, you know, at times you have to say enough is enough, and uh, this either has—you know there has to be some movement on the other side. Otherwise, we've got no choice but to, to do what we have to do.
0: Yeah, well, and, and again, we're getting into terminology. I mean, when the city says final offer, I mean, if there's going to be a strike, uh, well, who knows if, if they can massage that offer or do something else to it. Uh, are you talking right now? Or I guess you're gonna you're gonna have to vote on this first of all. That's that's I guess step one.
1: Correct. We're gonna have the vote, uh, and then we, as a as a negotiating committee, will decide next steps. Uh, we're prepared to talk. Always have been. Uh, we've never walked away from the table. Uh, we're very open to continuing discussions. Uh, as I said, we've been the type of uh, union that's always tried to come up with creative solutions, and we've done no different this time. We'll continue to try and work on that. We know how much of an impact a transit strike will have on this city, uh, and it's certainly not something Hamilton can afford at this time.
0: Well, and also history shows us that if there is a work stoppage of any way, shape, or form, that tends to reduce ridership. And, and that's a double whammy, obviously, because that, that that has an impact on the money that the the city is going to get from senior levels of government, and obviously it's going to make for a less efficient system. So uh, here's hoping that you, that you can find some sort of a resolution to this. It's it's looking pretty grim right now, but uh, we'll see how the city's going to respond to this after this. Eric, let's stay in touch over the next couple of weeks. I really appreciate the time today.
1: I appreciate you having us on, Bill. Thank you very much.
0: Take care. Eric Tech, of course, president of the Amalgamated Transit Union, Local 107. Uh, and and again, uh, to try to get this thing resolved asap. I, I remember being around in nineteen ninety eight, and uh, I was on city council. It was my first term on Hamilton City Council, and uh, and it was messy. As Eric mentioned, it was just before Christmas time. Uh, irate list, uh, you know, riders. Well, they weren't riders because they couldn't get on the bus. It was a strike. Uh, you know, meetings at City Hall, and it finally got resolved. But it was a, it was a very very acrimonious time. Uh, for everybody involved. And it took a long, long time for the city to get over that. So here's hoping that we don't get to that point again. The Bill Kelly Show,
1: weekdays from 9 to noon on 900-CHML.